Ahoy! And welcome to the Sea Captain Way podcast with Phil Bender and Greg Patton, where we help listeners navigate the uncharted waters, personal and professional growth. The Sea Captain Way is about energizing top performers to take on risks and push beyond their comfort zone to pursue life-changing goals and achieve peak performance. We're going to help you build your vision by showing you how to break free of boundaries that are holding you back. Okay, so Phil, we have a great guest on the Sea Captain Way podcast today, and I know you're looking forward to getting the chance to chat with him again. Chris George is the founder of Chris George Coaching and an accomplished executive business and leadership coach with a background in retail management, customer service, and performing arts. Chris's experience includes 15 years working for one of the top international luxury goods companies, where he primarily focused on being a leader, trainer, and coach. Yeah, Greg, uh, Chris George is a very accomplished man indeed, <laughs> and one of our coaches at Sea Captain Coaching. Chris was also a competitive ballroom dancer and teacher, and he is a published author of Got a Ballroom, an instructional book about ballroom dancing. His talents include being an actor, dancer, singer, performer, and leading roles in two national touring companies at Broadway shows and dancing at the Moulin Rouge in Paris. And I was just there. So uh, welcome, Chris George. Good to have you. Thank you so much. That was like a little mini, this is your life kind of a thing. I like <laughs> right, that. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much for that great introduction. It's a pleasure to be here with you both. Yay. Yeah. And it's especially especially exciting to have you because of how we met, you know, and uh, came to know each other. It was during COVID and we were both doing our coaching credentialization, uh, credentialization through Brown uh, University School of Professional Studies. We met. And the one thing I noticed immediately was that Chris George kind of ruled the room. There were 20 people there. And this guy just, he was the it guy. Okay. Oh. He was the teacher's pet. Wow. He did all the cool stuff. And uh, and just with regards to skill level as a coach, he was just a light years above everybody else. And wow. uh, it was really exciting to spend the time. And then when we connected later, it just uh, sort of evolved that we would start working together uh, in this arena. Uh, so it's really cool to, yeah. to have you. Nice. Take that, Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> can we just end right there because yeah. that's pretty darn good there right there go. i like and Thanks a lot, i like that that <laughs> thank you so much for those kind words phil i i think you um you are in that category too sir because when uh when i met you i was really really impressed with what you brought to the table as well and I was very honored, actually, afterwards when you invited me to join a little cohort that you had that you that you I was like, oh, wow, they want me to join. This is so cool. <laughs> and so that continued our learning together, which yeah. led to Phil inviting me to join Sea Captain Coaching when I ventured off on my own and, and formed Chris George Coaching. Mm -hmm. And I was no longer with Van Cleef and Arpels. Um, I started developing my own practice. And so now it's a pleasure to work with Phil and with his team at Sea Captain Coaching and with you, yeah. Greg, as well. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, Chris, yeah, so I know you collaborate with leaders at every level to empower them to achieve new perspectives and gain clarity necessary to drive decisive action. So one of your areas of expertise is coaching your clients about the importance of emotional intelligence. Um, that phrase is becoming more mainstream now, and I'm sure there's a lot of people 
who would like to have a better understanding of it. So what is emotional intelligence? It's a great question. And it's a really great place to start to just define what it is we're talking about. So emotional intelligence, as you said, has gained a lot of traction lately. We're hearing that term bandied about a lot. And we don't always, a lot of people think it's just being empathetic. Is that all? It's just being empathetic, right? Well, that's Mm -hmm. a part of it, but that's not all it is. Um, Two leaders in the industry Psychologists Peter Salovey and John Mayer define it. And I'm going to read their 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 definition as a quote because it's these are their words. Yeah. So I want to make sure I get all of their words correctly, and we'll use mm-hmm. that definition. So they define EQ as the ability to monitor one's own and other people's emotions, to discriminate between different emotions and label them appropriately, and to use emotional information to guide thinking and behavior. Because that's a lot of words. If we can put it more succinctly and say that EQ is really about four things. So it's about self-awareness, self-management, social awareness or awareness of others, and relationship management. So when we think about emotional intelligence, it starts with us. It starts with looking inward. It starts with looking at what am I feeling? What are the emotions that are going through me and understanding them? Emotions are a normal and ordinary part of the human experience. And it's important to note that we are not our emotions. Our emotions pass through us and they give us information. So with that information, we decide what are we going to do with it? So if we look at those four parts of emotional intelligence that I spoke about earlier, First about first self-awareness. So this is it has to begin there. It's looking inward. It's understanding what I'm feeling and why I'm feeling it. So we hear people talk about emotional triggers sometimes. That's what we mean. It's like what's triggering me? And emotions in and of themselves are not positive or negative. It's what we attribute to them. And I think it's important to note because even when we're on a high, we could act in a way that we don't want to act or others may or something like that. So it's important to just label that and look at the nuances of our emotions. Then we look at how does that go out in the world or what am I doing with it? And this is how I manage my responses to what I'm feeling. So how is this going out in the world? And with social awareness, that's being able to recognize what emotions others are feeling and maybe have a sense as to why. This doesn't mean that we're being mind readers or anything like that, but it's having this sense of, okay, what's happening in my environment right now? And then we, despi- we decide how we're going to respond to others effectively. A really great thing about emotional intelligence is that it's not static. It's malleable. So we, with intention, we can decide what we're going to do with this. And you made a really good point earlier about how emotional intelligence has really gotten the mainstream lately. Mm-hmm. And Greg, the person who did that really was Daniel Goleman, psychologist who brought the idea of EQ uh, to widespread attention. And he wrote a book in 1995 that was called Emotional Intelligence, Why It Can Matter More Than IQ. Mm. And that's really how people lay people, but also people in yeah. industry have gotten to really know yeah. about emotional intelligence. Well, that's good news for me on the IQ front. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I, I was about to say the same thing. I wouldn't have felt so inadequate graduating from college if I'd have known all this, but the, uh, <laughs> um, but that's all, you know, this conversation is all well and good, but then who has the time for this stuff? I mean, who has the inclination to slow down? focus, 
commit to developing emotional intelligence skills necessary for their own personal growth. I mean, who's going to, in in the rat race that we operate in, who's got time for this? Yeah, I, it's interesting. There's so it's obviously many dimensions to it. I always honestly equated it with like having good social skill. You know, be, having yeah. decent social skills is kind of what my take on it. So, why is emotional intelligence uh, important factor at work? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Before I answer that question, I want to sure. make a comment on something you just said, Greg. Uh-oh. It's really interesting what you said. It's like having common sense, emotional intelligence. So how you talked about having that sense, that's exactly what it is, but on a on a grander scale. So is common sense always common practice? Not necessarily. So mm-hmm. I love how you said that. It's really, really great comment. And when you when you talk about why emotional intelligence is important, an important factor at work, it is becoming more and more common that corporations are investing in these what are called soft skills for their employees. Why? Um, According to Forbes, emotional intelligence is the number one predictor of performance in the workplace and the strongest driver of leadership and personal excellence. Now think about that. That's pretty huge for Forbes to come out and say that. And this is based on a lot of a lot of data that's been bandied about and, and, and research that's been put into it. But when we think about it, emotional intelligence is, as we said, it's a set of emotional and social skills. So they influence the way that we perceive ourselves and the way that we express ourselves. So we don't work in silos. Almost everybody is interacting with other human beings in the workplace. And today, more than ever, we're just like we're doing right now. We're talking without even being in the same city. We're interacting with each other. And it's important that we understand how we are communicating and how we're putting that out there. So the next level is developing and maintaining social relationships. Now at work, we have social relationships. They're a little bit different than our friends. And we have to know where are the boundaries, but we also have to know how are we interacting with the people that we're working with? Um, it's also about coping with challenges. So EQ, and you'll hear me use interchangeably the, the terms EQ and EI. EI is emotional intelligence. EQ is emotional quotient. So that oh. term came about sort of like with IQ, EQ. That's where that came from. So if you hear me okay. use those interchangeably, we're talking about the same thing. So at work, we have to cope with challenges sometimes. And EQ helps us with that. It helps us realize, oh, what are my triggers? How can I achieve success here? Um, So when we think about emotional intelligence being an important factor at work, it really has to do with two parts of it. The first part is how am I managing myself at work and dealing with the triggers that come up? And how am I managing the relationships at work? And there are different levels. There are superiors, there are colleagues or our peers, and there are direct reports. There are mm-hmm. internal clients and external clients. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ambiguity to navigate there. And that's where EQ comes into play. Wow. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. So uh, how do you gauge with clients to help them understand the importance of all this? Well, there are different ways of approaching it. So um, there are assessments that we use. There are in our coaching with, I know that you're familiar with this as well, Greg, because uh, uh, Phil, because I know that you 
uh, are an expert coach and you have to have a certain level of emotional intelligence to be able to touch people in this way. So assessments are one way. Another way is within my coaching, I use emotional intelligence guidance or skills to bring this out of other people as well. As you know, Phil, a good coach starts with the exploration of the person inward. They have to understand themselves first. And because emotional intelligence starts with self-awareness, you can't work on relationship awareness until you start with self-awareness. It's part of the coaching process. You know, according to the Harvard Business Review, over 80% of competencies that differentiate top performers are in the domain of emotional intelligence. And this is something I share with clients sometimes when we're talking about that. But the most important thing is to start with that deep, that deep self-exploration. And mm-hmm. as you know, that's what coaching is about. Yeah. And yeah. what are some of the different types of assessments that you use with your clients? Could you go into a little detail? Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. So I don't use them with all my clients, but I, I'm certified and credentialed in these different assessments so I can use them when it's appropriate, when it's time to. Uh, but I have used them with many of my clients and uh, mm-hmm. I love them. Mm-hmm. So there are a few. The first one is the EQI 2.0. Sounds like really technical, <laughs> doesn't it? So the in the name EQ, emotional quotient, dash little i, and the i is for inventory. And 2.0 is it's the next version. It's the one mm-hmm. that was developed after the 1.0. And mm-hmm. Dr. Reuven Baron is a, an Israeli psychologist who this is based on his work, this particular one that I use. And so what this does is it actually measures 15 skills or EQ skills across five categories, or they're called composites. Mm-hmm. And these composites are self-perception. So this is where we talk about the self-awareness, self-expression. So how does this come out in the world? Interpersonal. So how do now we relate to each other? Decision-making. So when how, do I, how does emotional information affect my decision-making process? And then stress management. We've heard a lot about stress management over the last couple of years, haven't mm-hmm. we? And mm-hmm. so this is where these skills come in. So this EQI 2.0 measures the level of emotional intelligence in these 15 skills, which include Mm -hmm. impulse control, empathy, assertiveness, et cetera. It's -hmm. important to note that none of these skills are good or bad in and of themselves, you know, because we think, oh, empathy, everyone should be really, really high on empathy, right? And that's not really necessarily necessarily the case because too much of a good thing can also be detrimental to us, depending. So EQ, what this measures is it doesn't, it doesn't just measure your total emotional intelligence, your EQ. It also measures how are each of the skills in or out of balance with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of the others that I use are the EQ 360 mm-hmm. and the TESI. So the EQ 360 is a 360 approach in the same manner. And mm-hmm. the TESI is Team emotional and social intelligence. So this one is about a whole team taking this assessment and then identifying team identity, how we communicate, how we resolve conflict. Mm-hmm. The important thing about these assessments is this isn't about psychoanalyzing somebody. Yes, they are, these are psychometrically valid and reliable tools. But this isn't about psychoanalyzing someone. Coaching is not therapy. This isn't what this is about. (laughs) So this is about starting. Phil, you know that, right? I do. No one knows this better than Phil does. Mm -hmm. Exactly. 
coaching is about starting where are we now and what is our vision of the future and how are we getting there? And that's mm-hmm. what I use these tools for. And that's how they should be used. They're not for entertainment purposes. It, it's funny because sometimes you see like these little skills, these little tests, like to answer these five questions and see how emotional intelligent you are. Okay, mm-hmm. Those are fun. Those aren't necessarily, and they're fun to do. I do them because I think, oh, this is fun. Let's look, let's see how, what this says, you know? Yeah. But it's not about that. This is about uh, using a, a scientifically backed tool that looks at this. There are 133 questions on mm-hmm. it. There, you answer them on a five-point Likert scale. So it's very easy to do. People complete it in about 15 to 20 minutes. And it can be overwhelming when you look at it because you look at yeah. all these bars and everything. But when you look at it, what you use it for is to say, okay, this is where I am. How is this serving me? And how is it serving where I want to go? If it's not, then we look at where are we out of balance? What, what could we use? And then what we do is we, we hone in on just the one, maybe two skills that we want to focus on in our coaching and our work. Because if you think, try to think of 15 things, do these 15 things, you really aren't going to accomplish much. Mm-hmm. But the, the tool shows everything on a circle. Everything is interrelated. So if I'm working on one skill, I'm naturally going to be helping myself all the way around as well. Gotcha. So, and this is very interesting. And now all this theory, all this uh, perspective that you've got all this uh, information testing and so on, you know, at Sea Captain Coaching, we we focus on team leadership development skills, okay? Mm -hmm. Growing teams, team members, what got you here is not going to get you there. How can we let go to grow? All change comes with loss, all these different elements that can cause you to really struggle in in team building. My clients know their future success is dependent on the team they build around them. Okay. So how does all this emotional intelligence work contribute to employee development and team building specifically? I love how you said about the success with the team that we build around us. That's that's Mm -hmm. super important. Again, we're not working in silos. And building the right teams is super, super important. And as I said earlier, EQ is something that organizational leaders are turning to, to guide them. They're seeing that, like you said, I love how you said this, what got you here isn't necessarily what's going to get you there. Great. You got here, but now you're trying to get there. What change do we need to affect? What do we need to do? So this is where EQ can help a lot. We know that EQ can help with conflict resolution. EQ can help with team identity, like understanding who we, who are we, what are our collective goals? We have our individual goals, but what are our collective goals? How do we enhance our communication with each other so that we can help each other achieve our individual and collective goals? Um, It helps with resilience, which is really important when we, especially when we have very difficult goals ahead and trying times as we've experienced recently, Mm -hmm. it helps us navigate ambiguity, helps us with problem solving which is huge. You know, when we're emotionally triggered, we handle problems in a different way. We go back to our reptilian brain and we immediately just respond. We go, okay, I'm just going to do this. And <laughs> Craig's laughing. No, my ex-wife Familiar? calls it an emotional catch-up burst that I was prone, <laughs> I was prone to defaulting into. Maybe that's why she's my ex-wife. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, that's a, that's a, okay. That pretty much illustrates it right there. Okay. okay. There you go. Guilty. You got right to it. Got right to it. <laughs> but, but that's exactly it. It's, it's, it's knowing if it's about communicating. 
I'm sorry. I'm still laughing at that. And I know, it's a, he's a piece of work, isn't he? It's, it's about communication and it's really about helping us navigate this ambiguity. And so when we understand ourselves, we understand our triggers, we can look around us and see, okay, other people have triggers too. So between the moment of trigger and response, there's a space and we decide what to do with that space. It's about intention. If I Mm -hmm. go from trigger to response and they're glued to each other like this, then there isn't a chance for me. There is an opportunity for me to make an intentional or conscious choice about what I want to put out there. There isn't a chance for me to say, okay, if I do this, this may happen, which may lead to that and may lead to that. There's no strategy involved. But when I, you you heard the expression, take a breath, count Mm -hmm. to 10, take a walk around the block, just pause before you, you, you respond. That's what that's about. And that's about specifically one of the 15 skills, which is impulse control. So it's about, here's my stimulus. Here's my response. What do I do in this space? Mm -hmm. That's where I make my decisions. And Mm -hmm. that's how it works in teams and team building. And I mentioned earlier, the Tessie, that's a great team building tool. It's really understanding team identity. How do we resolve conflict as a team? Not individually, not what do I do, but what do we do? And is this how we want to do it? Or do we want to do it differently? And then as far as as individual employee employee development, that's where you use the EQ to say, okay, this is the skill I'm going to work on because I've gotten this far, as you said, Phil, now I got to get there. What change do I want to implement? And change happens incrementally. It's important to know that we don't go from zero to a hundred tomorrow. It's about consistency. Mm -hmm. Well, and we talk about, uh, real quick, Greg, we talk about uh, climbing Mount Everest. Okay, in, in, in with regards to goal attainment and getting to base camp. Okay, you can get the base camp on grit, determination, but when you climb up to the top of Mount Everest, you need a Sherpa and a guide. And you got to re, rework how you got, how you're going to get to this next place. And as you grow, build your teams out, it's so critical that you have somebody guiding you through all of this. That, that last uh, comment you made was worth the whole podcast, in my opinion. I just wanted to throw that in, Greg. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Um, so, are there any specific examples of this you could share, Chris? Yeah, sure, I'd be happy to. You know, there have been a lot of studies that have been done, and I can share one of those. I think is very interesting. I can also talk about in my personal experience what I've experienced. You know, I, I talked about the um the balance having the right balance of emotional intelligence skills and there are two that i really love looking at together and one of them is optimism which is the ability to uh to have a a positive attitude about an about an outcome about something in the future mm-hmm. and then reality testing and reality testing is about taking clearing my lens having an unbiased view of what the reality of the situation is it's you know people say take a helicopter view that's what that's about mm-hmm. so if you think about reality testing and optimism, so if reality testing is very high and optimism is very low, they're out of balance. And I'm in a situation, I'm looking at the reality of it. I'm really focused on this is what it is. This is how it is. I can't see a way out of it because my optimism is so low. It's being taken over by my reality testing. So we might think, well, what if my optimism were higher than my reality testing? That will be good, right? Well, let's look at what that does. So 
optimism. Here's the reality. This is the situation. That's okay. I'm going to get through this no matter what. It's going to be fine. It's going to be great. It's going to be what, but there's no strategy because I'm not seeing the reality. So this is sort of a blind faith or a blind mm-hmm. optimism, yeah, sure. which may not serve me either. So what does it look like if I balance those? Well, now I can say, okay, this is the reality of the situation. I know I can overcome this. And here's how I'm going to do it based on what I'm seeing over here. So this is an example of what it looks like when they're out of balance in either direction and when they're in balance. You know, I mentioned earlier that all of these skills are not in and of themselves good or bad. It's how they're showing up, how we're using them, how they're in or out of balance with each other. And there was a a study done with a debt collection agency. And they found that their most successful agents had the right balance of empathy and impulse control, which were not on the the highest scale. The higher ones would be assertiveness, the stress tolerance, problem solving. Mm -hmm. And you would think, okay, if too much empathy for someone who's a debt collector may get in the way of their work. So when the research study realized this, when the, the, the agency realized this after the research study, they put in a program to train to the skills that were necessary for the job. Mm-hmm. And then even low performers brought in 80% of their quota in three months mm-hmm. by getting that right balance of empathy and impulse control. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is an, an example of how a coaching or training program using EQ to, for specific skills for job performance come into play. Mm-hmm. And I have many examples of people I work with as well, where uh, we've done EQ assessments for the individuals mm-hmm. and we have our goals or organizational goals are given to us by the sponsor or the, the, the leader of the organization. And then through those and using the EQ, the EQ results, by the way, remain confidential between me and the person. So mm-hmm. I don't share those results. They can share them if they want, but it's a confidentiality that we have with those results. But we use those results then to say, okay, here are the overarching goals of the organization. Here's where you are. Here's the reality of it. Where do you want to focus? Is what, where you are right now with assertiveness or with empathy? or with uh, independence, are these where you want them to be? And are they helping you get where you want? Where are we going to focus? And so that's what we've done. And we're finding that people are increasing their communication with each other because they're being able to, to understand how they communicate and how others communicate. And so because of that, we're also seeing more productivity in the mm-hmm. organization as well. So yeah, more alignment. I could see alignment as well. Exactly. I love that you said that too, Phil. Alignment doesn't mean that we all have to be the same. And that's not what this is about. Alignment means, well, I'm going to let you, what do you define alignment as, Phil? I'm going to, I'm going to see. Yeah. It just means that we're, we're collectively moving. We're rowing the same way. Okay. If we're on a boat, it's, it, Mm -hmm. it, uh, there's just an understanding. It might've been compromised. It doesn't have to be one one way or the highway, but it's, but we're all rowing in the same pattern. 
I love that. You, I wanted to give you, I wanted you to give the definition of it because you, you're so good with words, Phil. And, and I love the way that you, we're rowing in the same direction. What a great metaphor. Mm-hmm. And because we're rowing in the same direction, doesn't mean that we are the same rower. We are different rowers and bring different strengths and different opportunities to the table. But because we're rowing in the same direction, we need to work together. We need to work collectively. And that's what EQ does for us. It allows us to keep our individuality and we can flex to the person that's around us. But that doesn't mean we change who we are. We keep our authenticity, but we learn how we can flex and relate to others in a different manner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not duplicate work and not, you know, not uh, get in each other's kitchen. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to look at this. Uh, you know, too many, too many cooks in the same kitchen mm-hmm. doesn't yeah. mean they're not all good cooks. It just means that, uh, you know, there's only room for a certain amount. <laughs> and so, uh, Greg, it looks like we're getting. Uh, yeah, close to time. Close. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was interesting to hear you. The story about the debt collectors, it was striking me like. <laughs> The good cop, bad cop approach, like I'm going to do what I need to do, but I'm going to be nice about it, which is kind of maybe <laughs> unique to that business. So I could see why it's successful. Yeah. Um, so, wow, this has been um, awesome. I know we're about to publish, uh, you have an article you wrote about emotional intelligence. It's going to go on the Sea Captain Coaching website. Mm-hmm. Uh, people can check out in the next week or so. And then uh, Phil to schedule a, a consultation with Chris. They go to the website, correct? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and based on today, I could see why you'd want to. The uh, you know Chris has a tremendous coaching offering, but in this particular area, would be a great speaker for uh, for an event or a meeting that you might be doing, and certainly uh, you know putting together a curriculum to really work on this project, whether it's monthly or quarterly, to really get teams aligned. This is uh, this is where he lives and this is where he thrives. So uh, yeah, I uh, I think that's terrific. Anything, uh, any shameless plugs you want to give, Chris, before we go? <laughs> well, I will say that I really do. I really am passionate about emotional intelligence, as you can tell. I mean, I get I get animated. I get excited talking about it when I discovered it. So yes, Phil, I would love to work with clients <laughs> on emotional intelligence. I'd love to talk about it. Uh, yes, I love it. Um, you can also, in addition to, uh, to, um, the sea captain coaching's website, my website is chrisgeorgecoaching.com as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see a little bit more information about me and about, about my work. Uh, but there's a lot of it that's on sea captain coaching and feel free, please to reach out through sea captain coaching for any kind of bookings that you would like. Um, like Phil said, I, uh, I'm happy to talk about it. I'm a former actor, so I have no problem getting up in front of people and yeah. telling them all about it. It's very, very fun. Yeah. And we make it very, we make it fun. We make it interactive. It's a, it's a good time. Yeah. yeah. Well, we don't have a piano player to play you off like they do in the theater, but I'll, <laughs> I'll talk to Phil about that for future visits. Yeah, so, we, we should consider it for sure. Yeah. Um, it was uh, it was it was a real pleasure spending time and uh, and uh, as we leave the one interesting side here, Chris George and I have been working together, but we have never met in person. <laughs> wow, isn't that, isn't that amazing? We've still not yet met. He's in, no. you know he's in L.A. and I'm out out east, but I know our paths will cross at some point. I look forward to that. But yeah, well, it, I'm in Orange County just, now. Actually, I moved recently. Good, yeah. good point. But it does yeah. show you, it does show you how this world is evolving and changing yeah. and how emotional intelligence 
doesn't have to be three-dimensional. It can be two-dimensional. And so, Chris, it was a real pleasure spending time with you again today. And I do mm-hmm. look forward to that meeting someday. So uh, we'll uh, we'll chat soon. My best to you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Chris. Thank you both. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Sea Captain Way podcast. If you found the conversation valuable, please like, share, and post a review on your favorite podcast app. To learn more about Sea Captain Coaching and how you can start taking advantage of our purpose-driven coaching guidance, visit us at seacaptaincoaching.com and get the Sea Captain's view on navigating uncharted waters of growth. The link is in the show notes. You can also follow us at Sea Captain Coaching on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Wishing you fair winds and a following sea on your journey. 